0: Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address and I will give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll. And you can purchase one of my courses, which, of course, does help keep this podcast free of charge. You can also go to the support tab at the top of my webpage, brianmclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can also get your Brian McClanahan Show book plates. That's my autograph on one of my books. You just send it in. You can get as many book plates as you want. So that said, you can also buy my books. You can get my newest, Southern Scribblings, at amazon.com. It's the only place it is sold right now, at Amazon.com. It's a collection of 60 essays on the Southern tradition. It's a great book. You can also click on that Shop tab on my webpage, BrianMcClanahan.com. That will take you out to my online store where you can get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff, plus the Think Locally, Act Locally logo. You can also go to LearnTrue, T-R-U-E, T-R-U-E LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. I teach there with Tom and a whole bunch of other great instructors. You can do that as well. And always please rate this podcast where you get podcasts shared around on social media. Let people know you like it. Let's get more people thinking locally and acting locally and doing the right thing when it comes to renewing America, as the left likes to say. We really need to bring back federalism, right? So that's the point. Now, let's talk about the talk of the day. This is another edition of The Stupid Files. This is going to cover several different things. Uh, I'm, you, uh, almost everything that's happened in American society now, you really can't parody it. It's so silly. So we have a news article in the last uh, week or so, and this is all happening the last couple of weeks. Last week or so, NASA is now going to rename some of the constellations or, you know, not, well, not constellations, but some of the uh, astronomical uh, stars because of their non-PC name. So this is coming from the Observer. The United States' racial reckoning has now reached deep outer space. Last week, NASA announced that it would begin reviewing, and where necessary, changing the names of astronomical bodies that were deemed racially insensitive. The announcement came with the revelation that the space agency had already identified two objects that could immediately be renamed. Going forward, the remains of a dying sun-like star and its mushroom of Fleeing comets and gases, once known as the Eskimo Nebula, were now referred to as NGC-2392. I mean, yeah, that just ring has a ring to it, doesn't it? NGC-2392, sure. The term Eskimo was, once, was a name forced on indigenous people in the Arctic region by colonial explorers and settlers. It was given to the planetary nebula for the dying stars, passing redundancy to the face within a fuzzy parka. Additionally, the two galaxies formed... formerly named NGC 4567 and NGC 4568 will no longer be paired together and referred to as the Siamese Twins Galaxy, members of the Virgo Galaxy Cluster. They have been called a Butterfly Galaxy, which has not been changed. Now, what's interesting about that, the Siamese Twins, Uh, I wonder if people really know that the original Siamese Twins were (laughs) pro-Confederate. This is the funniest part about this. In many ways, those indiv- the guys that were the Siamese twins—were pro-Confederate. They had sons who fought for the Confederacy, so I guess that's a double whammy for them. First of all, you can't say it's Siamese twins because that's now considered racially insensitive. But on the other hand, these guys were pro-Confederate. Uh, so I mean, this is—it's actually pretty hilarious when you think about you know how the the twisting and wrangling they have to oh, get themselves in knots about this. I'm, I don't know if the guys really cared about being called that. In fact, I don't think they did. It was, it was, they were called that at the time. So, I mean, I don't know, but uh, th- this, is, this is where we've gotten to. This is the stupid files, right? So we've gotten way beyond just making fun of this stuff. We're really into the stupid files now. These nicknames and terms may have historical or cultural connotations that are objectionable or unwelcoming, and NASA is strongly committed to addressing them Science depends on diverse contributions and benefits everyone. So this means we must make it inclusive. I, I, I'm not understanding how this doesn't make it really inclusive. I mean, when the other things we're getting into in particular, and I'm going to talk about that. In June, NASA announced it was renaming its Washington, D.C., headquarters after Mary W. Jackson, the agency's first black woman engineer. Her story was featured in the Oscar-nominated film Hidden Figures. As the country grappled with its long history of racism and its many present-day itinerations intera- intera- this summer, many corporations and state governments took overdue actions, overdue, to address long-lingering injustices and everyday offenses. Brands changed the names of products. States and cities pulled down or did not put back up statutes of Confederate leaders, and media companies fired executives with histories of insensitive remarks and behavior. Uh, so, look... This is. I think people are getting really turned off to this stuff. You want to know what the left is. They're showing their hand every single day on what they really want to do, which is completely remake all of America. Uh, And it's not saying that these people didn't do things that we find objectionable today, but are we going to change everything? I mean, look, Washington, D.C. is the Washington District of Columbia, named after Christopher Columbus. I wonder how long that will last. District of Columbia, Washington himself, I mean, should we just take that name off? I mean, we, I've talked about this stuff before. I've been predicting this now for over five years, actually 20 years, if you go back to when everyone knew that the process was going to begin like this and where it was going. George Orwell predicted it in 1948. This is what exactly, this is what Marxists do. This is what Marxists do. You have to understand it. Revolutionary Marxists do these kind of things because they cannot have anything that would call into question their abject stupidity in what they're doing. It's all about power and control. And in this particular case, this is about power and control and changing the way people think about things. Now, there's a story in CNN. CNN today, the American Ornitholical Society is the latest organization to shed a problematic, this term problematic. A, A friend of mine, Phil Lee, sent out a Sent out an email the other day with stupid words that the left now uses, and when you see them, you know it's stupid. One of them is problematic. Problematic. One of them, one that was used, used to be year, used years ago, was disturbing. I'm I'm disturbed by that. That's disturbing. Now it's problematic. It sounds very uh, you know haughty, doesn't it? This is this is uh, this is problematic, and I'm disturbed now about this. It's, it's very problematic for us, and I and, uh, and, and so we need to do something about this. The organization has announced it's renaming the McCown's Longspur, a little prairie bird native to the southwest and northern plains that originally was named after Confederate General John Porter McCown. The bird will now be known as the Thick-billed Longspur. Had a little bird get to be named after a Civil War figure in the first place, McCown was an amateur birder who kept regular records of birds he saw on his travels, so it's not surprising one of these new species he came across is named after him. Of course, not surprising. The guy that essentially discovered it here for for... Human race uh, gets his name put after uh, before it. I mean, did somebody else? But of nor no. We have to just call it the thick billed long spur. I mean, that sounds so much better, doesn't it? The thick billed long spur. However, in an age when people are confronting just how much weight a name can carry, whether it's a football team, a celestial body, or a snack food, that kind of problematic. There's that word again. Problematic association could it. A- could definitely offend Italy and a lot of people, as well as attract. It could. I mean, who really sits around thinking about? You know what? Gosh darn it! There's that bird name out there. They just got rid of that stupid thing. I'd feel so much better in life. This would solve all of problems inside of you. that Macoun long long spur. Good gosh! If we could just get rid of that. There's another article that the Washington Post published about all the names that need to be changed. Uh, Autobahn's Oriole. Well, John James Autobahn himself is problematic, which is uh, one of the reasons why it's, I mean, this is just ridiculous. The guy, the, the Autobahn Society, uh, for, you know, named for John James Autobahn, who was a pioneer in the world, for bird studies, is now his name is now problematic. Because, according to the Washington Post, he walked around the battlefield after the Battle of San Jacinto in 1836 and decapitated bodies so he could send the skulls for scientific measuring. Now, this was part of uh, an early eugenics movement in so many ways. I mean, it's what we would call it. Uh, but And, of course, Audubon himself, if you read The Runaway... He uh, was certainly a proponent, or at least tolerated, the slave society in which he lived. Um, He was a southerner in many ways. I mean, that's what John James Audubon was. Brilliant man. Now, the the Audubon Society has gone about trying to distance themselves in some ways from John James Audubon. This is where, look, I don't even know why anybody would, would support these stupid organizations anymore when they start doing stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, the guy's not a 21st century American. So what? Was he an important contributor to the advancement of science in the world? Yes. What about Lewis and Clark? Are we going to start calling it some other name? I know they called it at the time the core of discovery. But, of course, even that would imply that these things hadn't been discovered before. So what are we going to call it? What kind of name can we come up with for that? Uh, And this is just getting to be the theater of the absurd in so many ways. Ornithologists in 2018 have been trying to rid the bird's name of the reference to McCown, who, in addition to his role in the Civil War, also fought in the Seminole Wars, during which U.S. forces tried to force Native tribes out of Florida. So there's a lot of people that fought in that war. And the Seminole tribe was being pretty hostile toward people living in that area. But, I mean, hey, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe those people were just unjust for being there. All races and ethnicities should be able to conduct future research on any bird without feeling excluded, uncomfortable, or shame when they hear us say the name of the bird. Reads a renewed 2019 petition from the AOS Classification Committee. <laughs> um, how did this make anybody feel Excluded. Uh, I don't know. I mean, d- d- is most people probably don't know who the guy was? They could just say it's McCown Longspur. Nobody knows who that person is. Nobody even cares. The Longspur is named after a man who fought for years to maintain the right to keep slaves and also fought against multiple Native tribes. You know, this is the sad commentary on on America now. One of the things that I found interesting. Um, There's a related article link here. These black nature lovers are busting stereotypes, one cool bird at a time. One thing I find fascinating about modern American historical ignorance and stupidity is that for years, you see, we have this common conception now of the African-American community being urban. But for years, the African-American community was predominantly rural. And so when you go back, and let's say you read Faulkner, read anybody that's talking about the African-American community, before the large diaspora that took place in the early 20th century, when African Americans moved into cities in large numbers, most African Americans lived in the country, and so they would have been part of hunting, fishing. This would have been normal, right? nature They all would have been nature lovers. They would have known things. They would have been part of things. But we think now... and. Is that not, in so many ways, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, stereotype, is that not a stereotype in and of itself? Um, And so, you know, the article continues at CNN. After an incident this year involving a black birder in Central Park and the success of black-led diversity movements like Black Birders Week, the AOS and other natural science societies are homing in on racially charged factors in their groups' naming rules and the very structure of their dis- disciplines. The uh, Black Birder in Central Park, that's the thats the uh, person I was talking about with the Karens, right? Yankees. See, the real problem is Yankees. The real problem is Yankees. It always has been. And new naming guidelines, the EOS North American Classification Committee recognizes there may be an English names that cause sufficient offense to warrant change on that basis alone, and says the active engagement of the namesake in reprehensible events could serve as grounds for changing even long-established names for these birds. Eponyms is what they're called. The Audubon Society and the Sierra Club have recently taken steps to reckon with the historical figures their legacies are built upon. So the Audubon Society put out in a a long article, the President of the Audubon Society, about how they're wrestling with John James Audubon and uh, how they're dealing with this. They took down his biography. They're going to put something up that's woke now. Uh, the the, uh, the fact is they've been part of bills now to rename Confederate... What does the Audubon Society have to do with that? That alone, would, if I was contributing to the Audubon Society, would make me want to yank my funding for it. What does the Audubon Society have to do with that? It's just stupid. This is just ridiculously stupid. There's... This stuff is going way too far now. Now... Audubon, as I said at the beginning, was certainly uh, someone who does not fit with 21st century acceptable opinions on uh, or even what we should have as opinions on things in the 21st century. John Muir is the same way. If you've ever read John Muir's travel journals, they're full of all kinds of racist statements, Uh, particularly when he went from the Midwest to Florida. They're interesting in what he talks about with the natural world and other things. But, I mean, he was a good friend of Teddy Roosevelt. We know Teddy Roosevelt was certainly a progressive for his time and held some racial views that we would not find acceptable today. But does that mean, I mean, should we change? Should we take John Muir off the Sierra Club? Should we take Audubon's name out of the Audubon Society? I mean, what should we do? This... Again, what are we going to do? This gets down to a fundamental question about, about America moving forward. Who gets to pick what names are acceptable and what names are not acceptable? Well, the left would say, essentially, they get to pick those names. The left gets to pick. The progressives get to pick those names. Even though some of these people they're tearing down are progressives. But the progressives get to pick those names. Nobody else does. So why not just leave them alone? And you can name something else or do something else. But it wasn't just that John Muir, the piece says, kept company with the Genesis and white supremacists. John Muir was a white supremacist. I mean, his journals are full of the stuff. <laughs> it wasn't that he kept company with these people, he was. He was. So was Audubon. So this is what. Uh, the the uh, piece says, It may seem like a small thing to change the name of a single bird, but small injustices can be like a pebble in a shoe, keeping marginalized communities from participating, succeeding at full speed in fields where their skills and voices are sorely needed. I mean, is it, is it really keeping people from participating? This is the question. It's not. It hasn't done any of that. So, anyways. Uh... There's a, there's, a, there's a site, Bird Names for Birds. The Bird Names for Birds site says, McCown wasn't just a singular anomaly that has now been solved, Alex of Bird Names for Birds said, but a single expression of a, for, of a of far more deep-rooted issues of colonialism, racism, sexism, and other prejudices that have gone unchallenged for too long. Who knew that birds had this kind of effect on people? Who knew that star names had this kind of effect on people? Or the Sierra Club? I mean, look. Sierra Club has got all kinds of problems in that it influences legislation far too much uh, and forces heavy-handed government. But who knew that bird names, that when you look out in the backyard and you say, hey, there's an Audubon Oriole, who knew that that was causing so much pain in the world? Or that the McCown bird was causing so much pain? or Some of the others, this bird names for birds, uh, has several of them here. The Audubon Oriole, the Bachman Sparrow, because Bachman was an anti-abolitionist. The McCown's Longspur, which has now been changed. The Townsend's Warbler. Or, uh, what was the other one here? There was one more. Let me find it. Uh, well, they don't have it here. Um, but, I mean, what is it? The Hammond. One named after Hammond. Uh so, I mean, who knew? Who knew that all these things were such a problem? This is just silly. It's just silly. Uh, you know, and it does nothing really. Uh, it's not solving anything. It's just busybodying, which is what's happening here. This is Yankee busybodying. Uh, if there are, if there is a revitalization of of uh, African American interest in natural, the natural environment. Uh, certainly, these things haven't kept them from doing that. Maybe the problem really is, you know, Yankees and all of this. And I think Americans, again, realize that some of this stuff is just going way too far. Uh, but this is, the, this is the effort of the left to completely remake American society. Not just now American society, they're talking about, you know, the outer, they're talking about outer space, bird names, bird names. You can't make this stuff up. It's it's just too silly. So, anyways, uh, that's my take on the bird names and how far this stuff has gone. I, I've said for years, Confederate monuments are only the beginning. That they're going to come for everything else. And haven't I mean now pe- people said no, they're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to come for you know George Washington's safe. Thomas Jefferson's safe. Uh, they are really. Now they're not even going for that. They're going for birds and stars and everything else. I mean, this is... Where does it end? Where does it end? And anybody with half a brain knows this. So the adults in the room should just tell people to stop. Uh, But that's not happening. And I don't know when it will happen. Uh, So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. That's it for the Brian hand Show. I'll see you next week. See you then. (laughs)